3: Shut
1: Today, we come to you with heavy hearts as our beloved New York Rangers have been eliminated from the Stanley Cup playoffs in the Eastern Conference Finals
3: in six games. Heavy hearts and injured livers.
2: And tears. I'm still a child.
3: No, nothing
1: wrong with that. <laughs> but um, obviously, uh, I think I think most of us feel like our Rangers overachieved this season. I don't think any of us saw them coming this far and while I am upset that we didn't take it to the next step I am still very very optimistic and uh and looking forward to the future uh and hopefully in the very near future we see some more magic uh with this team they've got some beautiful cohesion and and uh friendship really I mean we saw we saw the um the end of season, uh, outgoing uh, interviews yesterday, and uh, Mika just came in and crashed Kreider's interview because he was like, "I'm just here to hear to be a, a a brotherly support, like, and that's that's a big deal. I mean, that's that's part of the reason they got as far as they did. But, um, but, uh, um, but uh, you know, here we are with uh, the end of the season, and uh, we're here to talk about it.
3: Yeah, I I really couldn't stomach much of the um, the post-mortem kind of interviews. I I really like, I I try to tune in a little bit, but the fact that Gallant's not answering for why Kako sat, you hear that Kako didn't know he was sitting, nobody approached him, nobody told him before getting to, you know, the arena. So it's kind of, it doesn't make sense at all. Um, He is not, he was not a liability at all on that team. The fact that you sat him and they sat Reeves two games in a row. They sit Reeves going into game six, knowing that they need some kind of momentum shift, knowing that Tampa Bay absolutely demolished us at the end of that game and started throwing bodies and Laf is on the floor. And and, um, you have, uh, what's his name? Lingren leaving the ice bloodied. You would think that this guy would see the writing on the wall, see what it takes to get in there, get a little nasty. And it's just like clueless. Essentially clueless. You, you cannot tell me Hunt and Rooney make the team better than Reeves and Kako. In, in no way, shape, or form does it make it better. You want to fucking sit somebody, sit Strom, who can't hit the, the broad side of a barn. He couldn't hit uh, water if he fell off a fucking boat. Empty net after empty net after empty net, he misses. And it just, it, it's, enough is enough. And honestly, I, I had no problem with Gallant at all going through the season. But those faux pas right at the end. I mean, they weigh a lot more because it decided that pretty much the fate of the Rangers or potentially decided the fate of the Rangers, and it's unforgivable, and the fact that he doesn't have answers for it is a fucking joke. So, I like, I don't care if it's a personal thing. Obviously, it's not a personal thing on Kako's side because he says, he, you know, unless it's a blatant lie, he didn't know who he was sitting. I mean, tell me that Kako literally went up to him and told him, listen, fuck you, you're the reason we're losing. Tell, tell me he was insubordinate. Tell me he, you know, got into it one of the, his his line mates or – he just had a bad attitude or, you know, five minutes before the game, he was on the fucking bowl and couldn't be reached because he had a horrendous diarrhea. Like, give me something. But to say we're not talking about it at this time, fuck you, dude. Like it better the, be the fans deserve an answer.
1: Hey,
3: dude, the fans deserve an answer. And you just, you, you can't fucking leave us in the dark when that decision was a major decision in no way, shape or form. Did Kako deserve to be sat on the bench for any reason he he's he was not generating anything negative he's it's not like you know he he was giving up or falling back on plays he was in on every fucking play you know maybe he wasn't lighting the lamp as much as he should maybe he didn't get the points you know on the stat sheet as much as we hoped he would but he was still grinding it out that kid line not a single person on that kid line is at fault for the fate of the rangers
2: 100 yeah, absolutely
3: no. not uh they 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 were the, the the fire for that
1: friend for that team throughout yeah. the playoffs, and um, you know I just uh, it, I, from what I'm hearing, Gallant never bought into the kid line. He thought it was more of a novelty than something that actually worked. How
3: about right. that? Doesn't sound like Tortorello
1: all over again. <clears throat> I mean, but the proof's in the pudding. I mean, the only thing I'll say is you know while I'm not happy about you know Gallant's inability to tell us what happened, I I am not gonna do what uh, you know what what it seems like a lot of people are doing and just be completely unappreciative cuz obviously him coming in had a lot to do with us getting this far
2: How, yeah. whatever he did we're not getting, to, we're not getting that we- far with david quinn i'll tell you that
1: we're not, not. we're not
2: or honestly just, here's here's my take on it so i just want to make this clear Do I think that the Rangers would have, like, guaranteed would have won that game if Kako played? I'm not going to say that. No. There's no guarantee that that they would have won. But this is the part I don't understand, is that you think that playing Kako and Reeves is more of a liability than playing Kevin Rudy and Dryden Hunt, who Dryden Hunt didn't didn't start a game since Game 3 against Pittsburgh. Yep. And when when you're talking about a 21 year old and messing with his me- messing with his head, benching him in Game Six of the Eastern Conference Final in an elimination game is it messes with your head, and it obviously showed during that those uh those postseason interviews because Kako had no idea it it, it, was, it was like when he was asked the question he was basically like. It was almost just like, "What are you talking about?" And I, I honestly felt bad for the guy. I really did, because it messes with your head. The guy is probably going to come back next year. At least I hope he does. I hope he does, because I know they're they're talking about that the bridge contract or whatever that is. Right. But I don't. I don't want to see him go because that kid line that that's potentially the Rangers' future. Hundred percent. And. You look at the other two guys in that line, Filippito and Lafreniere. Filippito obviously showed up for the playoffs. And I don't know if you guys listen to uh, Blue Shirts Breakaway, but Greg Kaplan said that someone said to him, oh, well, Filippito only shows up for the playoffs. That's fine. I completely agree that that is fine. I don't care.
1: There never was a time to show up. up.
2: If we make the playoffs and then you decide, okay, I'm just going to go off now, that is completely fine. And then you got Lafreniere who – Next year, as long as Gallant gives him the ice time that he didn't get this year. Yep. Because everyone can agree that the fact that you were playing Kevin Rooney for 16, 17 minutes a game and you were playing Lafreniere for 11 minutes a game, and he still found a way to score to have 31 points in the season.
3: And some of his goals, dude, are just, you could just see they're filthy. He's got that spark, man. He's got that shit.
2: He knows what he's doing. Yeah. He's just so, he. There's a reason he was the first round. He was number one overall pick.
3: Yeah, and no, I, I agree with you 100. Not everyone,
2: just, not everyone is Connor McDavid. Well, it's just, no,
3: and, and you can't be. But just look how far Connor McDavid got. That shit only gets you so far. The way the Rangers performed as a unit, as a team, that's what gets you deep in the playoffs. Having that recipe for a well-rounded full team, and and, and, and I mean
2: fucking Shesterkin and that. Yeah,
3: it, it's it. Listen, it's it's a disappointment because we know how hard it is to get this deep into the playoffs. We know how hard it is to win a game seven. The Rangers made it look pretty damn easy two series in a row. Um, and then we come out and, and we take two games on Tampa right away and pretty much are controlling game three up until the third period. We come out flat and we stayed flat the rest of the series.
2: I got to say one of the things that you can blame on that is the fact that every single liability on that team showed and then go on, and decides to bench the one thing that wasn't a liability.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: We yeah, I, the, the, the killer we, for we me win was wins, I, right.
1: think, I think up to that point, the Rangers had played the most games in the playoffs of any team. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. I, that, that's a killer, too. You can't play seven game series every single series. You can't do it. As much as Rook wants it, they can't play a seven game series
3: every single game. Uh, every single series. It, it's a killer. Not, <laughs> not only that, especially not when you're giving up fucking 50 shots on net. Yeah.
1: Yeah. They were averaging like forty-eight allowed shots on net. And they were only putting up maybe thirty-three. And yeah, were,
2: I don't I don't want to hear anybody say that Vasilevsky was better that, that round. I don't want to no, hear
3: not it. a chance. Not a chance because, because the Rangers were putting less shots on net and, and not as good of shots as Tampa Bay was. And Igor, I mean, he stood on his fucking head. He was a brick wall. He did absolutely everything he possibly could. And it, it, it for showed Igor. So it's not on Igor. I got to say, I mean, I've shit on um, Strom a little bit already, and I think in in my mind that deserves to be shat on. But I'm surprised that there's a lot of true hate out there, and I just don't understand it. I I do not understand how many Ranger fans on Twitter are just like, move him. He's a goon. He does absolutely nothing. It's like, what the fuck were you watching? He fucking single-handedly took Sidney Crosby out with a clean hit and pretty much did exactly what every Ranger fan wanted to fucking see. I mean, come on. The not guy throws the body every opportunity he has, and he lays the boom. He lays the wood. And every time ESPN, oh, it's a high hit. It's a high hit because he's told everybody on the fucking ice. His hands are down. His shoulders are down. How many times you have to have Marc Messier explain hockey to you that it's not a dirty hit? It's a clean hit. It's a hard hit, and it sucks when people get hurt, but it's as clean as clean is. You know, like Chara has a lot of high hits too. It's because he's six foot eight. Yeah,
2: six is, nine actually.
3: It's a clown show, dude. It's an absolute clown show. And I do not understand the, the Truba hate and, and the get rid of Truba and move Truba in the offseason. I mean, the only person I really want to see moved in the offseason is, is Strom. I I don't think I mean I don't think we should resign him. In my mind, he's not worth it. Vitrano's worth the the buck. Like has Trano. got
2: some fiery speed. Dude, He's he, my number one resign. Number yeah. one. Number yep. one.
3: He wants to stay. He does want to stay, but so does Strom. Somebody has to explain to Strom, if you want to stay, you, you hit wide open nets. Do
2: you guys think that there's an actual chance that these guys will take pay cuts to stay in New York? Are they those kind of players?
1: Some of them are. I'll say this. Uh, I think some of them are smart enough to realize. I mean, take a look at Mark Messier. While he is a Hall of Fame player, right, there are certain players in New York that even if they are not Hall of Fame players, they have a job for life simply because they played for a New York team and they, they were loyal and they made the best of their opportunity. Look at somebody like Sean Avery, who's still, like, very popular. If he doesn't ever play for the Rangers, he's probably still kind of popular within, like, hockey circles, but he doesn't have that transcendency that, like, people know
3: him at that point. But look at – Where look at banging out the girl next door. Not not even – not listen, Sean Avery made a name for himself throughout the league. Everybody knew who Sean Avery was because he's an agitator – and you know you couldn't get around knowing who Sean Avery was because well, I mean, Beyond it, Hockey, right? But uh, but before Beyond Hockey, you know who Sean Avery was because twenty nine teams fucking hated his guts. You know what I mean? It, it's but look at just look at Kevin Weeks has a job, uh, Anton Carter job. You have all these ex Rangers that are just locked up in, in the MSG organization. You know, the, uh, Dave Maloney's been calling games forever on the radio, Marty uh, on. yeah. Yep. Uh, who else? Um, oh, shit. Who, who's the dude with the flowing locks that all the chicks loved in the 70s? Ron Duguay. My oh, mom loves Ron Duguay. My mom, my, loved my, Ron mom Duguay. Had,
2: my mom had a poster of Ron Duguay. And she wasn't even here. a hockey fan.
3: Same here. So, it, listen, you you stay in
2: your I was going to
1: say Ron Duguay, but I was like, ah, I'm not going to say it, because I didn't want to bring up sore feelings with your mom, because I know she loves Ron Duguay. What, what sore feelings? Well, because he's not with the Rangers anymore, so she doesn't get to see him as much. Doesn't matter. She still has that love. She holds
3: that flowing, oh, of air hard. in her heart. <laughs> Isn't he with somebody out. else now?
2: You gotta give All a right. shout out to Ron Duguay real quick, just because he's great on Up in the Blue Seats. I don't know if you guys listen to that podcast, but he, no. he's great on that. Nice. It's nice. Shout here. out to
3: Diane Doyle. <laughs> She's on a cruise right now. Well, she'll She's see it. I'm sending true. me pictures going underneath the Virasano Bridge, sipping on a pina colada, watching this podcast. Yeah, definitely not. She doesn't have that dedication like me getting on a podcast while I'm half drunk somewhere in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. But, I mean, you know, I think Vetrano is an easier sign. I think uh, the fact that Florida moved him lets him know, I mean, a little bit of self-worth. He For wasn't that much. Nothing. Right. Yeah. Uh, I think his cap hits like was 1.4 or something like that. That's. If if that. Yeah, basically. Um, I think that if it comes down to it, if it comes down to giving, um, you know, giving Vitrano more money and getting rid of Strom, do it. Absolutely do it. And and for fuck's sake, bring up Otman right away. I don't care he's a young kid. Bring him up. Let him learn he's hockey the him. right way in, 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 you know, in the NHL.
2: If we're and, being and- honest, though, has bringing up these young guys – done us any dirty this year no. brady Snyder. zach jones did a hell of a job i thought yes I thought, you, I thought i think that you should bring him up next year get rid of nemeth by i him don't want to see nemeth
3: out. ever again Buy, buy nemeth Ooh. the fuck out who
2: i'm just even saying, Braun, yeah, so dude probably,
3: even Braun, i'm not sold on
2: well Braun, you know he's a 30 what is he 36 35 whatever he something is something like that I think I think he did exactly what he was expected to do. He made a few mistakes, but no, listen, he did didn't
3: cost exactly. us anything. It's just compared to the rest of your defense, it doesn't mesh well. It's you know, when when your defense looks that stellar on paper, he's a liability. And I think you, you really don't need to see it. I'd rather see Schneider up there. Uh I'd rather see the ring coming up Otman. I have no clue why we're fucking giving uh Kratz off money. I, don't know I, I I and, don't understand unless it's going to be like a a sign and trade type of deal just to get something back or maybe getting a, extra uh draft pick or something like that. The dude didn't want to be here. He's a whiny bitch. Typical fucking Russian player wants to think his shit don't stink. Dude, go fucking play in the KHL. And all of a sudden he doesn't want to sign in the KHL. Why? Because the KHL sucks. That's why. The KHL Rangers is legitimately player, run by the mafia. Like, and like cut Twitter, shit.
2: If you're li- Rangers Twitter. If you're listening. Stop saying that signing Krabs off for more fucking money is a win because it's not.
3: How is it a win? What, what has he done
2: fucking time and you and you look at this team, it's based on friendship, and this guy doesn't want to fucking be here.
3: Dude, he's done nothing so far, and all the only reason we know about him is because he's a whiny bitch. And that doesn't fly in the hockey world. You can get away with that shit in the NBA, you can get away with that shit in the NFL. It does not fly in the NHL. It does not do at say? all.
2: One fucking preseason game. Yeah. And the and everyone's bashing Truba. You don't want to fucking bash this guy.
3: It's it's, it's pathetic. Unbelievable. I really don't understand the fascination with oh we need Kratsov. Kratsov's going to be the biggest thing. Is he? Because the only thing that's big is his whiny bitch mouth.
2: Yeah. That's not if a good like,
3: that that's not a good combo with this team.
2: And if you look, I at do like picked
3: pick though.
1: I do like I like that T. Like bring him up. Give him a try. Why not? He's setting. He's sitting there setting records in in in, uh, in the AHL, right? I yeah. mean, he's down in the minors, setting records, winning games, play playing in big spots. He's got a couple of game winning goals. Yep. Sign him up. Bring him up. And
2: the AHL, I gotta say, is a legitimate hockey league.
3: Hundred percent. Listen, you, and you the have East more... I yes.
2: Like, even going to the a couple of the Jacksonville Iceman games, the, these guys got fucking skill.
3: Hundred percent. You don't and... have the room to operate like you do down there, but again, that's, you're not going to learn that. You're not going to learn that type of hockey until you come up and get accustomed to it. It's not – like you said, we're, they're not all Connor McDavid. You know, Connor McDavid no. was skating circles around these guys by 30 feet. He came up to the NHL, now he's doing it by 15 feet. It's just you, you have that room built in because you're, you're stellar. You're, you're a stud. You're, you're you know, a once-in-a-generation type of player. And 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 it's legitimate with
1: in Connor McDavid's case. It's it's every ten years. I mean, some, I mean, actually, maybe a little bit less every fifteen years. You know, I mean, have we have we seen a talent like him since Crosby? I think he's better than Crosby, especially. When I, mean, I, I, I I concur yeah, out the gate.
2: DJ, absolutely. I, I just
1: meant I meant by reputation, right? And Crosby no, came with up, was the next big thing. You know, like, like
3: Crosby and Ovechkin that 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 dominated for. I mean, a good. Five or ten years, and it's winded down in the last three or four years. But Crosby and and, and uh, Ovechkin were the huge thing. And now you have, you know, McDavid. And I think Matthews. out the gates. Yeah, and Matthews. Austin Matthews is, is an incredible talent as well, but it's just overshadowed by how amazing McDavid is. Just he's, I mean, an artist with the puck.
2: So yeah, that's the thing. That's I still the have thing nightmares series. about
3: him cutting through five of our uh, of our players <laughs>
4: and,
1: and scoring. I I, 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 I wake up thing. in the middle of the night and I go, no, like, oh,
4: it's
2: awful. That's the thing too is like if you compare McDavid and Matthews, McDavid doesn't hesitate to do what he knows best. Right. I know that Austin Matthews knows exactly what the fuck to do, but he hesitates. McDavid just fucking does it, and no one expects it. That's, yeah, and that's it's that's that's not shit shitting on
3: Austin been. Matthews at all. It's just McDavid has that. It's just apparent when you watch him, you understand how special of a player he is Listen, some- somebody's gotta be number two,
2: so speaking of that um going with the heart trophy final is airing on june twenty mm-hmm um who do you guys got one in the heart and like non bias
1: probably probably austin matthews
2: <sighs> yeah. I got to disagree because uh, I put money on Igor winning, and I think he's going to. Did you? I I really think – because I know it's based on the regular season. I get that. But I have a feeling that they do it af- like after the first three rounds of the playoffs for a reason. I really do. And you're not going to tell me that – and I know McDavid had an insane playoff.
0: But you're not going to tell That's me the that. sick
3: part. It's – I don't know why – I want to say Matthews because McDavid is just that special of a player, but it's almost like Austin Matthews, not that he is a more re- well rounded player, but he comes off as a more well rounded player. He comes off as more of a, you know, the NHL guy, the guy that's going to go in there and do what needs to get done, versus, I, I mean, McDavid is just the highlight reel guy.
2: He is. And it's not but, to say you know, that he, I, he's I not a team mean, guy,
3: absolutely. but it's it just seems that the NHL likes to pick players that you know make everybody around them better, and it's kind of like the Connor McDavid show in, in up in Canada.
2: But honestly, if you're if you're going based off that, I'd say Igor is the number one person that makes everyone around him better because he put the team on his back for three months.
3: Absolutely, it's just I can't see them picking a goalie. I think he's a shooting for uh, the Vesna. But
2: oh, no, doubt. no doubt.
3: I it's just I don't see them taking a goalie this year.
2: I think this is going to be the year that they take a goalie.
3: I would love to see it. I'm not yeah. saying it's not well deserved because of course it's well deserved. But
2: I I just think if they actually go based on the heart the heart trophy requirements of being the most valuable player mm-hmm. for a team and in the league, I think Igor has both of those. Yeah, but
3: the, they they, they hate the Rangers and they're not going to help uh, James Dolan get any more clout.
2: I will say they hate the Rangers, but the NHL loves seeing Igor Sisterkin perform the way he does because they're all that the only player that they ever post about on any social media is Igor. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a shot. I think there's a very, there's
3: definitely a great shot. I I mean, I think think all three guys, I wouldn't be surprised either way if any of them, if any, any one of those three get that heart trophy. I wouldn't be surprised, but I would say I would be out of those three, I would be a little more on the edge of surprise if they gave it to Igor considering he's a goalie and the type of years that Matthews and you know McDavid had. See no. I'd
2: be a little I'd be a little more shocked if they gave it to McDavid honestly because Mc, like you said McDavid is a is a highlight real guy and he had an insane playoff and so did Igor obviously but I think they that the league absolutely loves Austin Matthews because he, I got to admit he's a pretty humble guy. I am not gonna yeah. say his, I, I got to say this Too, his mustache doesn't say he's humble because he just looks (laughs) like an asshole. I love it, but you know he's a the more well-rounded player between him and McDavid because McDavid is strictly offense. I mean, if you see his defensive Mm -hmm. plays, average at best defense for for the NHL level. Austin Matthews. When he's playing defense, he reminds me of like a Frank Petrano or a Barkley Goodrow making those plays when you don't expect him
3: He goes hard both ends of the ice. Absolutely. and He wants to block a shot as much as he wants to pick up that puck and score.
2: And McDavid, he's just – he's solely set on offense that when when he gets defeated offensively, you you can even see his facial expressions. I don't know if you guys look at stuff like that, but you see his facial expression. Yeah. He just looks beat on – and I gotta give the guy credit for caring that much about his team and about the game of hockey. Because right. there's a lot of players out there that don't give a fuck. They're just it like I see I saw a lot of players this year that they're acting like the NFL where it's just like I'm getting paid whatever.
1: Mm-hmm. And, you Conor know, McDavid, I'll never forget last season where I'm I'm fairly confident I think his team, I think they're on defense. And there's just like five guys on one side of the net. And the other guys, like, and, and the offense is spread out. And you just see McDavid, like, actually, there's four guys on one side of the net. And you just see McDavid, like, off to the side, like, floating. Like, what are we, what are we doing?
2: He's like, he reminds me of Jack Hughes. Jack Hughes is a one dimensional player. He's a yep. talented kid. I'll give him that, but one dimensional player.
3: How many playoff uh, points does he have? Goose eggs. Oh, okay. Cool. Goose eggs. Just want to make sure.
2: Hey, if, and Biz, if you're listening too, Igor still has more than you.
3: Easily. Jesus. I mean, the fact that we have to even discuss that guy and, and the NHL in the same statement, it's like, stop it. I give more credit to the dude that tried to fight Ty Domi, you know, over over the glass in the penalty box. He gets more credit. He He's heart and soul more of a hockey guy than Biz he,
2: I I don't understand how he landed that job. I don't.
3: Dude, it's it's funny because and it's not that i dislike, you know, Ryan Whitney and the two of them um, together I, their podcast is very entertaining and they I put together good content
2: spit and checkwood's before all that shit and it has nothing yeah. to do with rangers shit it's right. just the guy was a clown yeah you, you're not going to call arguably the best fan base in the league fugazis you He's don't not, do that not at all and he should know that
3: especially when every team he tries to root for just is the jinx and a half Mush. He he is to the total mush. But even Whitney, I mean, really, if you look at Whitney's career, is not special. That it's not, not, that, not great. that great. It's it's just so the way these guys riff on hockey, I get it. They're the you know, ex players for Barstool. So they get that easy credibility, but it's like but the fact the, that you have was, you have Bizanet sitting next to Gretzky talking hockey, like as if they're in the same realm of fucking hockey. But it's
2: He couldn't shine his fucking shoes. The thing that really good God about them is they always try to base their credibility on the fact that they played hockey. And then if you look at guys like Gretzky, that he doesn't have to say that. Nothing. You don't like, like all of us. We never played professional hockey. I can barely ice skate. I'll tell you that right now. But you're basically what you're saying is that anyone who didn't play hockey ever in their life. Has zero right. credibility, whether they, whether they know the game or not. Essentially, and in and honestly, that's taking a shot at your fan base too. It is because anyone yeah. listening is just like, oh well, I guess I know nothing.
3: Right? You, you, you can know, really
1: I think you're the end all be all? I can skate. I, I can't. I can't stop. No, you not can't.
2: anymore. I can make it around the rink without falling.
1: I used
3: to be able to stop,
1: and then I dislocated my kneecap when I was 16, and I just lost it.
3: I'm I'm better on blades than like uh roller than I am. I'm more of a roller hockey player than ice hockey. I played ice hockey my whole life, but I am I was just lacrosse, I was a
2: lacrosse player, so.
3: Nice. So.
1: Lacrosse is just running hockey.
2: I was a goalie, so it's a little different cuz we it's the only sport where the goalie wears less pads than the everyone else on the field.
3: I forget what it was, but somebody shared it on Twitter and I I caught a glimpse of it. I I was college obviously but the goalie came out of the net and just wrecked somebody in the midst of making a save. And that was, I was my like, signature. I was like, oh, that's tremendous. No, I was like, I, he just I laid was... wood. The dude's looking up at the ball coming in, and the goalie's like, no, I'm taking the ball, and your head.
2: So I'm probably the only kid that ever did this, like, because I grew up, a, obviously, a diehard hockey fan. You take I your cleat off
3: and try to stab somebody? I'm... I was just going to say it. <laughs> God damn it, you beat me to it.
2: <laughs> No, but I used, to, I used to go out in the yard and practice taking my gloves off, like dropping my gloves and ripping my helmet off, and ready to fight. Nice. I used to always do that. I was like, one day is going yeah. to come.
1: I take a hockey stance on a lacrosse field. You're just going to look weird. You're like a yeah. fighting leprechaun.
2: Absolutely. Well, leprechaun definitely five six.
3: It's funny. I, I remember kids, uh, you know, and even going into men's league, people doing that, like goofing around and playing around with dropping their gloves and How stuff do you like that, and look around. all the times I've dropped the gloves, like never once did I ever think like I'm going to I hated fighting. But if it had to get done, it wasn't even it's there's no thought behind it. There's no thought behind like, all right, I'm going to fight. It's like somebody takes a cheap shot at somebody. It's like it's my turn. I guess I got to go. If nobody else is going to answer for it, I'm going to I'm going to answer the bell or somebody drives hard to the net. And it's like I'm the first one standing there. So it's on me. I don't have a choice. And it's never, never went to the rink looking for a fight. And some kids like got off on that and like, oh, you drop your gloves like this. And it's funny, especially in men's league, you know, people be like, you know, in the locker room, you goof around, you play helmets and gloves, you beat the shit out of each other, grab each other. You get in that hockey thing, you know, like Ryan Reeves was teaching one of the young kids earlier in the season how to, how to grab, you know, and, and get on, on top of the shoulder, especially the, the hand they're going to throw with and stuff and hold it down. In men's league, when you start going, it's just like a drunken brawl. You just try to get your licks in as soon as possible and because you know the refs are jumping on both of you.
4: Hi, I'm Maria.
0: And I'm Mike. And we're Team team ready. Ready.
4: Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready.
0: It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible.
4: Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during
2: extreme weather.
0: Be ready for anything. Go to BlackHillsEnergy.com slash TeamReady. So there's no
3: like real like grab shoulder tuck in and like kind of like just try to get a little room and and sneak an uppercut in. No, it's just you skate up and you throw a wild right and then just try to grab the back of the guy's head and bring him down low for a follow up right before you both go to the ice and they break it up. So, so speaking,
2: of, speaking of fighting, uh, just a quick question for you guys. I just I basically just a yes or no question. Do you think Reeves fought enough this year for what no. he was brought for? No, that, um, same same boat. Absolutely
1: not. I, I, so I don't think, I definitely don't think he fought a lot this year, but in, in a lot of instances, I don't feel like it was necessary. Like the threat of fighting sometimes is enough.
2: The entire team stepped up and fought this year. Yes.
3: Yeah. I, yeah. I think uh, to Nick's point, I think the Reeves intimidation factor was enough. Just yes. him being present. I think that he didn't goon it up this year. I think that he was just trying to be a team player and he fit in very well with the kind of team mentality that they had going. He didn't want to be the guy to take a bad penalty. But the fact that he was there and if somebody was looking for a fight, he has no problem dropping him and, and giving you what you want. It's just nobody in this league wants to drop him with him. Except for He's that one off. rookie. Dude, it's, it's not going to end well. And he killed him. Yeah. It's not going to go well for you. And I think that... Reeves just being there was enough would I have liked to see more more dropping of the gloves from Reeves of course because you know he's gonna win it's gonna be entertaining as shit and that's the type of hockey I really enjoy like you love those scrappy games and I will say this I think the Rangers had more fights uh in previous years without Reeves on the team and all of a sudden there was no more fights coming as far as Random scrums that turn into a brawl, you weren't having them this year because you knew Reeves was going to get in on it. Or Reeves was going to take your number and be like, okay, you want to go up to Kako? You want to go up to Lafreniere? No problem. I'll grab you now. You're a fighter now, right? You want to go? I'll go with you. That's what I'm here for, right? want to scrap? We'll scrap. I think Truba had more fights this year than uh, nope. Reeves. And I would say 90% of that was because of a good hit. And then now he has to fight somebody because... Oh, I, I murdered that dude in a clean, with a clean hit, so now I have to fight. Okay, this you is were what the train came through, and the guy was standing on the tracks. Yeah, that's
2: that's what I really hated about Game Six, scratching him after Lafreniere. And anyone who thinks that Steven Stamkos beat the piss out of Lafreniere, you're wrong. Because number one, it was an it was it was over because Steven Stamkos brought him down, mm-hmm. and. The fact that that dude had to fight a 20-year-old to prove his point. And then, I don't know if you guys noticed, but I've watched it a hundred times.
3: Oh, yeah. Stamco spits on
2: him. He spit on him. And
3: I was kind of irritated by that.
2: Have Reeves, go, have Reeves go up to that motherfucker and say, oh, you're a big guy now, huh? You want to fight a 20-year-old? Fight me.
3: I, I mean, I said that. I said, at the very least, with Reeves... He should have lined up right next to Stamkos and said, you're either going or I'm making you go. And if you turtle up, I'm not stopping. And there's no one that's going to get me off. Because that that's the type of statement you need to make. Like, dude, you spit on somebody. And I also said, I would not fault laugh at all, is if he came out in game six and fucking two-handed Stamkos behind the knee and just jumped on him and pounding on him. And when he got the 10, 20-game suspension, went right to the podium after the game and said, you know what? The NHL brought this on themselves. You spit on me on live TV. You embarrass me. You embarrass me as a man on live TV. And because it's Steven Stamkos, the NHL won't do anything about it. And now I have to take it into my own hands. You did this to yourselves. And he would not be wrong at all. And I guarantee you if he went to arbitration, he could be like, this is every instance in the last 10 years of dirty plays, like licking somebody with Marshan or spitting in somebody's face. And they've all resulted in fucking 10-game suspensions. Yet, this dude does it to me, but because he's Steven Stamkos, it's not allowed. And I guarantee you, if you get some kind of outside arbitration, this dude lawyers up, he would have won that case 100% of the time because it's clear as day. He spit on him. And that's just, dude, you do not do that. A man does not do that to another man unless he's like, you, dude, you got to expect that guy's going to get up and try to murder you. That's get, the ultimate you sign of disrespect. If you're challenging somebody to a duel to the death. like Yeah, right. It, dude, yeah. It's, it's essentially the ultimate sign of disrespect. It's like Stamkos with the glove. Yeah, Stamkos does it because he knows he can get away with it because they're the league's going to protect him.
2: I got to give a big shout out to Laf just for his chippiness this playoff.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: He yeah, he, he showed that the, he he'll do anything for this fucking team. Yes, and regardless of what his stats are next year, that's all I can fucking ask for for anybody, yep. any player that ever plays for the Rangers, whether we suck or not. If you're showing that you'll do anything for the, the guy, those guys on the ice. And you'll do anything to prove that we're not to be fucked with. Especially after the whole Tom Wilson broke the Rangers bullshit. Yeah. Like.
3: Coming out of your uh, first round pick. Coming exactly. out of your young guy. Your guy that's still exactly. learning.
2: Exactly. And.
3: He learned was, pretty quickly. What was,
2: uh, what was your guy's opinion on uh, the lafreniere Edmund hit?
3: Which, uh, which when one? He
2: clipped it, when he clipped him.
3: So. He he's not going for the head. He completely misses a check. It's obvious he completely missed a check and kind of leaned his body that way to try to catch a piece of headman, and he missed. Did he catch him in the in the jaw? Yeah. Was it devastating? No, it wasn't. What um, happened? Total
2: bitch about it.
3: hundred percent. That I think he's it trying to draw called?
2: a call. Did, it, did I think it should have been called? Maybe.
3: No, listen. I, I I would want that call if it happened to one of our guys. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I think, listen, he made contact to the head. It's a penalty. But the way Twitter blew up about it, like it was the dirtiest cheap shot ever, it's, he missed a fucking check. You're watching it on slow motion and him catching the edge of his chin. Watch it on regular live speed. And he literally is going for a body check and he misses. Pain-wise, it,
2: Pain it can't be more than a high It's that simple. Pain-wise, no. it can't be more than a high stick. No. I think I thought Headman breaking a stick, freaking the fuck out. That just shows the mentality of Tampa. Like, I understand they won, they won back-to-back COVID cups. If they win this year, I'll probably shut the fuck up, but I'm never going to say that they didn't win COVID cups. They did. It was a shortened season, and it's, it's not it's a real forward. hockey season. Like, I'll, I'll say it live on air right now, whether you guys disagree with me or not, they're two COVID cups. And that just shows the mentality. And you know this team feels so beyond entitled when they're on the ice, that they are so quick to go to the ref with anything.
3: Everything. Anything. They're like the Patriots, bro. They're yeah, like the I, Patriots I under Tom probably, Brady. They're it, they're the Green Bay Packers with Aaron Rodgers just whining to to the ref every time. Yeah. It's the, I'd like, say they're the more Aaron Rodgers than
2: Tom Brady because I mean I give all the credit to Tom Brady. And I'm a oh, i am have
3: not I mean I listen, I hate Tom Brady because I'm a Jets fan, yeah. but I have nothing against Tom Brady's skills. I mean, he, he earned everything he got. There's some he's a flopper. You know, he's a
2: fucking flopper. Yeah. So is Igor.
3: <laughs> I think every goalie is a little bit. I mean, come on. Look at Marty Brodor. every time Avery got anywhere near him.
2: Exactly. And you know what? I give Igor you credit for that because you know what? He's playing.
3: Yeah, that, play the game.
2: That, that dude, that, that dude's mentality is that I have three rings already. And he's playing like that with zero rings. And I absolutely love it because because I'm not discrediting Hank at all. But he was just too much of a good guy when it came yeah. to calls. Yeah. And I, I love agree. him. I love him and I hate him for that.
3: I, I, I don't want Igor to be another Hank, another stellar goalie that we can't get a, a championship ring on his finger.
2: So if you guys ever replay this podcast when the Rangers are making another run, make sure you replay me saying this. Igor will not be the next Hank and Igor will be holding the cup. If it's not next year, it'll be the year after. I'm calling it. Speaking right now. of holding the I cup, I hope so. I saw,
3: uh, um, uh,
1: I, I saw something the other day. I saw something the other yesterday, actually, yesterday or today, that said uh, when the Rangers do win a Stanley Cup, it, it won't be Kreider passing the cup over to Zabanajad. They'll be holding it together. And it, again, it's, it was a, a fan speaking to the uh, the just the brotherhood that is that is the new york rangers right now we have a comment from anthony tj is hiding the guns boo, let's, boo. See
2: him. let's see him.
1: they're deflated today
3: they're definitely a little deflated today anybody who doesn't
1: know this tj is so jacked he took a swing with his sim all right his tailor-made sim and it exploded
3: i went Was to the, the range upset. today dave I was hitting my driver, playing golf tomorrow. Got a nice Father's Day golf weekend coming up this weekend, playing two of the nicest courses in New Jersey. Go to the range to button up my uh, drives, which have been leaking out to the right. Slicing, if you will, uh, with my buddy Dave Baggs. Shout out to Dave Baggs, another military guy. And all of a sudden, I hit the ball dead on the face, and we were a pop, and my driver came apart.
2: Happy Gilmore. And it's a year and a half old. Happy Gilmore, 2.0. (laughs) points.
3: exploded and i was like son of a bitch i don't have six hundred dollars to buy a new fucking driver
2: and you should have looked at the people behind you and said never this is my first time
3: yeah dude the, <laughs> the guy next to me was staring at me like i did something wrong i was like i, I don't know what happened dude <laughs> like it, it broke i swung it and it went up uh, anthony
1: also said from our account tell me you didn't shed a tear when Kreider cried during his exit interview when talking about mika
3: I've seen that clip. I honestly, uh, I don't want to be a dick, but I got like a little douche chilly about it. Like, kind of like Terrell Owens. Like, that's my quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> I it bothered me a oh little bit. It's God. like, dude, hold hold it together. Like, it sucks. He didn't die. <laughs> yeah, but I, I appreciate you taking it so hard. But where the fuck were you guys? Because you. You died. You gave up. The heart was gone. and It, it was obvious. They, dude. I, uh, not that they gave up, but the energy wasn't there, and they slowed down.
2: Nick, are you uh, honest about my reaction?
3: Yeah, let's hear that. It
2: made me feel better about myself for crying after the game.
4: Because
2: <laughs> let, me, let me tell you right now, this is how it went. I stared blankly at the TV. I turned it off. I went in the other room. My girlfriend's staring at me, and, like, she's looking like – Oh God! What do I do? I went in my room, fighting tears because I was just like, "I'm 23 years old. I can't do this. I can't do this. This is it's not acceptable anymore." I'm hanging up all my jerseys because I had them all laid out like throughout the entire postseason, mm-hmm. and I'm hanging them up, just fighting tears. She walks in. She says, "Hey," and I said, "Get away! I don't <laughs> want you to see me like this." And then I walk in my living room and I take down my flag. Fold it up like I'm not being like like angry or anything. And then I call my you dad fold into
1: a fucking triangle?
2: Well, uh, yeah, I did. Actually. <laughs> and I call my dad, I said, Hey. And he goes, You are alright? And I was like, No, I cried. And he goes, You're a twenty-three year old man.
1: He was like, a You're I a said, United States Marine for Christ's sake.
2: And then he says, But it's okay. I uh <laughs> See,
3: i, I you, that's probably the more mature route. I walked around my house just fucking punching shit. I was Listen. slamming things. My wife was telling me to grow up. And I was like, you grow up. <laughs> well, no,
2: <laughs> I could hear her day, in my head. <laughs> the next day, I texted my family group chat. And I said, Christina witnessed 15-year-old Dave. And then she texted back, because she's in it. And she said, it was pathetic. And I was like, wait, what?
3: See, I, dude, I, no, uh, that's, 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 I have no, no qualms with you shedding a tear over that. It's something to value. I mean, dude, I, I I thought I was a bitch when I shed a tear when, uh, Tiger Woods won the masters in, uh, what was it? Uh, 2019, 2018. When he, when he hugged his son, when he hugged his son and I'm like, no, but that wasn't
1: no, but that was, that was you imagining sharing that moment with your son. That's acceptable.
3: Like it, it, not only that, like the full circle that it's not his dad, his dad's not there anymore to give him that hug after a victory. Now he's the dad and he's like hugging his son. And it's just that, that got me bad. Like where, yeah,
2: but that's understandable. My team losing in the year's conference final. I, I have no excuse for that.
3: It's frustrating. Those are tears of frustration because it, it's not easy to get there. I mean, look at the Islanders <laughs> The Islanders went all the way to the finals and, they they shit the bed this year with essentially this exact same team.
2: And so the, the thing is too is like, I if they were down three nothing and that and that was game four and then they lost that game, I probably would have been just been more pissed off than I was upset. But I just mm-hmm. wasn't ready to give this season up. I wasn't. It was. I think every Ranger fan can agree that you're just this season was really hard to give up because it was the most fun it was the most fun season i've ever had and the
3: excitement level was through the fucking roof i mean we were down in atlantic city for my birthday when we moved on to against uh the hurricanes and i mean sitting in the irish pub in ac with a whole bunch of people that are not into hockey and asking the guy like seven times to put on the hockey game and he's like oh is it on regular tv he's like dude yeah it's on basic cable let's go put it on and i mean we scared the shit out of everybody when they scored, and, and you including know. those Scottish guys from North Carolina. Yeah, <laughs> those guys they were, are cool they shit. Scottish,
1: right? I'm not. I'm not crazy. They were right? Scottish.
3: They were from Scotland. Off the boat. I don't know why would you end up in AC. I mean, that's like a trip gone wrong. But it's like, yeah, guys. There's a lot more to see in this country than Atlantic City, in New Jersey. It's like you, you guys started at the butthole.
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
3: It's like it only totally goes up from here, gentlemen.
1: I um I I feel like I was in the right place at the right time to experience that loss. And the only reason I say that is because I was so angry about where I was and what I was doing that when they lost, I was it's like I, I got disgusted, and I was like, just one more fucking thing, and I just turned it off. And I went to sleep because I had to wake up in four hours.
3: <laughs> like,
2: yeah, it was all definitely right. a it was definitely a tough one, mainly because I had to go to work the next day and face it. I was dude, just angry, like
3: I, I I know I have anger issues and not, I'm not a well adjusted adult. But like in Paul O'Neill, just just angry dude because it's like, fuck Tampa, fuck their fans. Not angry enough to sucker punch one of their fans leaving the garden. I I, I was not into that at all. I mean, Rangers fans no. can talk shit like all oh, that dude was clearly talking stuff and. Fuck him. And like yeah, talking stuff is talking stuff, but to sucker punch somebody, that's never cool. You're ruining the integrity of sports because no fan should be worried about going into the enemy's territory and having to worry about getting a fucking assaulted or a beard thrown on. I absolutely hate that shit. 110% I hate that shit. I have no problem with a good, lively bullshitting and ribbing each other and just shitting on each other with a smile on my face. I will give you shit if you give me shit. And back and forth, no problem. It will never get angry. It will be funny. I, I, you know, and you keep it that way. I love going to yankee Oriel games in Camden because Oriole fans are awesome fans. You get a crab cake out of the frigging drive, which is always amazing. Oh, yeah. and Camden Yards is a beautiful ballpark. Natty I really Bo. Like Camden. And their fans have no problem giving Yankee fans shit. In good fun. I have no problem with just going back and forth with you in good fun. But it's when you have to assault with, with somebody because Yankees they fans, won. It's
2: the same thing with Mets and Yankees fans. Yeah. And there should be a mutual respect between fans. There should be.
1: Uh, we yeah. have a we have a guest. I'd like to welcome Kenny Powers <laughs> to the podcast.
4: What's going on? Hi boys. How you doing? I know it's not going well. Uh, talk a little New York Rangers hockey. Uh, it sucks. I just want to say, I was laughing before about Dave being a 23 year old man. Uh, his dad <laughs> saying that to him. You. Listen, listen, you're die hard. I appreciate the tears. It's the same way you were when you were 15 years old and the Stanley, they lost the Stanley Cup. You said you cried your eyes out too. So. Oh, what yeah.
2: I respect. By the, I was, way,
4: by the yeah. way, I
2: forgot you weren't going to be on tonight. I'm wearing an Iceman jersey.
4: Oh, nice. That's awesome. But uh, it's funny, TJ, you were talking about how your wife was like, are you going to be this upset the entire time? My wife was like, "Can you stop calling everyone a scumbag? Stop yelling at the TV." If they would just stop
1: being
3: scumbags. You wouldn't have to call them that.
4: I was like, "Yeah, if they weren't scumbags, I wouldn't call them scumbags." <laughs>
2: at Listen, least you my, guys had words. I had no words. My father
3: words. is one of the nicest, jovial gentlemen in the world. He is an absolute sweetheart. And but he was born and raised in Manhattan on the streets of Hell's Kitchen in Chelsea. He's been through the shit. You know what I mean? He's seen some crap. And, but always raised me right. and always raised me to like, ah, just let, let shit go. It's not worried about getting, you know, don't worry about getting all bent out of shape and he stuff like that. Best. And after that game where <laughs> laugh gets spit on and, and Lingren's leaving the ice bloodied. And I'm like, somebody should come out and fucking just two-hand close fuck him. And my father's like, a hundred percent. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> I'm like, I turned him to the dark side. He's got a red lightsaber and everything now. Embrace the top Tom.
1: side. Unleash the hate.
3: Him. Dude, he was like, yeah, fuck all of them. So why is Reeves not on the bench right now? How is he not there? You you got Reeves ending every game. The last two minutes, Reeves is out there to alleviate that bullshit at the end of the game. And all of a sudden, Reeves isn't there. And they take full fucking advantage at the end of the game. And then you don't start Reeves game six? What a fucking idiot. And I'm like, yes. Yes. Amazing. mean it's the big. Yes, Tom. feel I'm the, the hate. <laughs> Let the hate feel through you, flow through you. Oh,
4: God. Yes. But I want to stop in are, say hi. Um, what up,
3: Rook?
1: How old <laughs> is that hat?
4: It's old. This is the 4th of July hat from like... like four, 2016.
1: Like 16.
4: <laughs> Probably, yeah. Actually, I think it might be. Yeah, it is 2016. Because
2: I wore... Speaking of that, I have a 4th of July hat. 4th of July Mets hat from 2006. Wow. Nice, and it's it's the firework hat.
4: Yeah, dude, was no problem awesome. with that. It's no problem with that. It's a Mets hat.
3: I and was smiling, and then he said Mets hat, and I was like, "See, man. you know what's funny is I love giving Mets fans shit, but I was at just as many games at Chase Stadium as I was at Yankee Stadium as a kid, and I, I I don't hate the Mets. I dislike Mets fans that talk shit because it's like, what do you have? Why are you talking shit?
1: Well, all right, all right. I don't. <laughs>
3: Let's go back to let's go back to talk about that No, Raiders. no, but hold on. You, no, no, no. Yeah, we, we I'm continue right. because Dave, you, you being a Met fan, <laughs> do you honestly right, I'll see you guys do you later, think, <laughs> later
4: I just started shit and now I'm gonna leave. Peace boys. Fair okay, enough. <laughs> I I know.
3: Know. Do you, sad, you think guys. like see the me. fact that Met fans will sit here in New York and be like, New York City is the Mets town. The Yankees are the second class citizens. Like that statement alone is like, dude.
2: what? Right, no, I don't agree with that because it's 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 going back to the same rangers islanders it, it it at at the end of the day it kind of is you can't disagree with that because as a rangers fan you got islanders fans saying oh we won four straight cups great but at the end of the day you got to also recognize who real baseball fans are and i'm not going to say that yankee fans aren't real baseball fans i know they are Yankee fans. There's a lot
3: of fake Yankee fans, I will agree.
2: Okay. Being in the military, I've met people from probably 15 different states that claim they're Yankee fans, and they're not you from go, New
1: York. You go to I California, mean,
2: never they have a wall
1: for LA hats. They have a wall for like – it's LA. Then it'll be like wherever you are. So if you're in NorCal, it'll be LA, Oakland, San Fran, Yankees. And it'll be like three walls of Yankee hats. Oh, and then, of course, apparently uh, on the West Coast, they wear Washington Nationals hats because the W stands for West Coast. Uh, Wild.
2: Is that? is that Tupac? Is that a Tupac thing? <laughs> I, I
1: guess so. When I went there, I was like, why do you guys have 8,000 Washington Nationals hats in 55 colors? They were like, West Coast? That they makes said it to you, me like I was fucking stupid. So I, I was
2: going back to what you were saying. I got nothing against Yankees fans from New York, but the one, like, one of my best friends, he's from Colorado. And the only Colorado team he roots for is the Avalanche. And that was because we all started watching hockey. They all started watching hockey this year. And mm-hmm. it's just like, come on,
3: man. Yeah, I, I, it's funny because you talk about traveling fans. And my brother-in-law had me hysterical laughing because he was telling me how he went to a uh, – he's a, he's a diehard Dolphins fan. Born and raised Brooklyn, New York City guy, and he's a Dolphins fan. Um, and he was telling me how he went down to, uh, you know, Miami for a game and they were playing the Cowboys. And he's like, I get stuck up in the bleachers, like all the way up top, like in the nosebleeds with uh, a whole bunch of Cowboy fans behind me. He goes, and dude, they're all like across the border Mexicans that barely speak English. He goes, and they're all rocking Cowboys jerseys. And they're like, yes, the Cowboys. He's like, dude, What? (laughs) He goes, what the fuck is this? He goes, dude, even people from other countries just automatically jump on a Cowboys bandwagon on America's team. He's like, get the fuck out of here. He, was, he said it ruined the trip to
2: Miami. Well, <laughs> he's, a, he's a Dolphins fan
3: like, yeah, because of Don Shula and all that shit and the perfect team and all that. But it, it's just he hates the fucking Cowboys. And, of course, he gets stuck behind people that like don't know football at all. Their football is played with a round ball. <laughs> they're Cowboy fans.
2: <laughs> well, yeah. Speaking of football and New York football, I think we can collectively agree as Jets and Giants fans that we've had we, – it's, it's not looking bright for the near future.
3: I think the Jets have a bright future ahead of them. I think they have a lot of room to grow. And I think this year is going to be one of those years where we might be pleasantly surprised. And if Zach Wilson grows – and can be the quarterback that we saw in spurts this year. I think that we are going to be one of those teams to going forward. That is, is, you know, when they break down at the end of the year, like most improved team or team of the future, I think the jets are going to be in that conversation, but it all depends on what goes on this year. And I mean, last year started with with a a, a shitty, you know, run of injuries and guys out for the, the entire season. That definitely, put a dent in us and the fact that we again had to start a, a brand new quarterback fresh out of college and say hey welcome to the big boy leagues uh that 400 pound guy he can run a 440 faster than you know the kids that you went to high school that weighed 150 pounds ran track so good luck don't get hit by them yeah and you, your old line sucks sorry so i i think the In that conversation, and not to be biased, I think the Giant fans have less to look forward to with Daniel Jones again at the helm. I think they know that. I think they're pissed off about that. I heard today somebody say on Twitter, they asked, like, you know, what's one player you'd like to see back? And the dude literally said, I want Eli Manning back. Holy fuck, get rid of Daniel Jones. It's like, oh, my God.
2: Well, really? I got to disagree because – I'm, I don't discredit Daniel Jones at all because he's had three offenses in four years. Show me one quarterback that has succeeded with that. Yeah, I don't think he's actually gotten a shot yet. And I think Brian Dable is a whole different... He's got a whole different league of coaches compared to Pat Shermer and... Dude, yeah, he bought
3: into the New York Coach. attitude. I fucking appreciate his support with the Rangers, 100%. Yeah,
2: and, you know, I think Kayvon Thibodeau is... The, our best draft pick since definitely, since and I think the fact that Brian Dable wants Saquon Moore as a receiver this year. And if you look at his stats as a receiver, he's a, as long as he's not injured, he's a right. damn good running back, he's a damn good receiver. So, I'm, I mean, as a Giants fan, I'm excited, but you know, at the end of the day, Sundays are if the Rangers are playing and the Giants are playing, I'm watching the Rangers,
3: yeah. <laughs> I hear you, dude. And thank God we only have about two months left to, uh, to worry about uh, anything else other than Rangers preseason. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking yes. forward to the Avalanche absolutely kicking the shit out of Tampa Bay. I'm looking well, forward McCarr, to them putting think, up.
2: Do you think, Carr, and dude, they became... I'm looking
3: forward to them putting up eight or nine goals a night against Vasilevsky and taking advantage of that blocker high side because you know every one of those sons of bitches have been – Shooting that not only on the ice, at practice, they've been shooting that shot in their dreams. They know where to go with that puck. And it's just going to be a pick-apart kind of game. Just a fast-paced game. I think the Rangers wore them out a little bit. As bad as the Rangers played down the stretch and the effort wasn't there, I think we still wore them out physically. And I think the Avalanche has the edge, just talent-wise, and then going into it. I think the Avalanche not playing as physical of a series, being West Coast rather than East Coast, Getting to the finals, I think the Avalanche is going to cruise in, if not four in five.
2: What do you think, Nick? What what, what do you what are your predictions?
1: I think I think the Avalanche win. They've had the rest.
2: Uh, I'm gonna stop. Like I'm just gonna take a break real quick. These summer shanties are getting to me. All right, <laughs> I'll be right
1: so, back. Uh, go offload, sir. So we, uh, I think, I think the uh, Avalanche win it. I mean, I was nervous when the Rangers were going to play the Avalanche. I was, I was like, damn, they're going to sit here and here tell you
3: I was happy about that. I would just be we happy. with finals. We
1: struggled with them this. Everybody season. struggles the with
3: them. They're an elite team. They score. They score very really?
1: good. I'm, I'm more concerned for this city of Denver and state of Colorado if they do win because we've seen what happens there when the Avalanche <laughs> win the Stanley Cup. They they burn the city down in a fit of joy. So. Uh, I'm a little worried about that, but uh, hopefully, you know, with them passing, luckily legalized-
3: they're at elevation, so the fires don't burn as hot. Yeah, hopefully, uh, their uh the legalization <laughs> the of marijuana option. has
1: calmed them to uh, to some degree, and then instead of burning the city down, they just spark a dub and just enjoy that. But uh, I think, I think, uh, I think Colorado wins. Probably in probably about five games. The way they've
3: been playing, I could see them winning in five. I think everybody in the league since the All-Star break has known that the Avalanche was Stanley Cup bound. And that train is just going downhill on an icy track with no brakes. You know what I mean? They're, they're, they're pulling it back to the future three. They're sending it off the frigging ravine. And they're not stopping. You know, it's just – dude, I, And as much as I hate Tampa, you cannot shit on that team. That team is a great team. They have a massive amount of talent, but the Avalanche have more. It's going to be a good – it's going to be a good, uh, you know, finals, but I, I cannot see Tampa pulling it out. I really – I just don't. And I hope they don't because I don't think their fans fucking deserve any more wins. They, they're fake bullshit fair weather fans. Your fans, air yeah. hosts. Fans. People that show up because, I mean, they have nothing better to do in Tampa. Tampa. I mean, They're you go about to a the day as go to hockey game at night. But I think we, 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 we fucking covered the spectrum, gentlemen. I think it's time to just run down the Rangers players, you know, playoffs. Uh, give everybody, you know, an A to F rating. Roster, you know, uh, starting roster down. What do you guys think? absolutely all right so we will start at the top with Mika Zibanejad played 20 games 10 goals 14 assists 24 points his plus minus is even at zero and he had four penalty minutes and I'm gonna say I think Mika had his lulls we a couple games were like where the fuck is Zibanejad but Overall, the performance he had, the way he stepped up, the games they won, they won because of him putting in that Mika magic. I'm going to give him an A.
1: Yeah, I'm 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 I was thinking the same way. I'm I'm gonna give him an a minus just because he was missing for those first four games against the penguins, just like completely not there. His whole line really was yep. just both, MIA. Both, lines,
3: both two lines, first and second yeah, line.
1: Uh, Mia, not, not putting up much, not much to write home about. Um, and and honestly, and, and as I said earlier, I feel like playing all those game sevens, it really took a toll on him and if somebody like zovonajad shows up earlier in those first two series um that you maybe you don't go to game 7 you know so i'll give him an a minus he did he did show up eventually but i uh, he really needed to be more consistent and uh, definitely earlier on in the series
2: so uh based on the playoffs uh just how he ended up showing up he ended up being a huge factor and i think Basically the reason the Rangers advanced, because he was scoring key goals. He was there making key passes. And he was also a defensive forward when he needed to be. Um, playoffs, I'm going to give him an A. Uh, regular season, just because he didn't show up in the beginning of the year, that is where the minus comes in. I'm going to give him an A-minus, because he was still, again, you you can't value, like, it's like what Valiquette says. About him coming from Ottawa, when one team's trash becomes another team's treasure, and that's exactly mm-hmm. what he did this year. He proved it this year, and uh, he's just proved it ever since he he came came to the Rangers, scoring five goals in a game. First Ranger to ever do that, I'm pretty sure. And so, oh, uh, I'm giving him an A for the playoffs and an A minus for um for the regular season.
3: All right moving on to foxy adam fox he had 20 games played 5 goals 18 assists 23 points uh plus minus is 0 even and uh 2 penalty minutes uh i he just based on those points i want to give him an a but there were situations where he, again he didn't show up and it was evident and it cost the team and i mean you know, the same as Jad that plus plus-minus being zero with the amount of 24 points. Fox being a defenseman, playing the amount of minutes he played, played a lot more minutes than Jad out there a lot. And I, I guess you could say that's more to his credit. But the fact that with 23 points and st- still having an even, you know, uh, plus-minus rating and the way he was beat in the games that he didn't show up, I'm going to give him a B plus. I think he could have been better. Yeah, I'm gonna agree. I give him a B plus. There were times where I was like,
1: "Where is he?" Just just completely forgot he was on the ice, and and for him to have a a Norris type season as he did last year, uh, to kind of like forget that he was playing is not good. I mean, it, I mean, 23 points is nothing to sneeze at. He he played well, um, but not up to his
3: capability. And and isn't that amazing? Because if I told you that a ranger defensive was gonna have 23 points in the playoffs in the postseason, I mean shit. I'd give my left pinky toe for that. So, but it's just when he's not on, it's evident because he's a stud. When he's there, you know it. And there were games that he just was a no show.
2: So I, I completely get where the B plus is coming from. Um, because I did notice a lot of plays where he was turning the fuck over. And he just wasn't there on times that he needed to be there. Um, regular season, I'm giving him an A, just because he was. I I thought he was phenomenal this year. Um, and as far as Norris Norris goes, it's not that he was worse; it's that other players were better. Mm-hmm. And you look at you look at Roman Yossi, That dude was an absolute stud this year. Hundred percent. I he's my pick for the Norris, but uh, playoffs. I mean, those 23 points, you know, he, he those aren't handed to him.
3: No, absolutely not.
2: He did, he did whatever he could to get those. And when he needed to be there, I can probably count on two fingers because I can remember two plays that actually both came up in the Tampa series because he, I thought he was an absolute stud through Carolina and Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. I didn't think he started turning the puck over until the Tampa series started because I think... At the end of the day, this whole team just ran out of gas. So for the playoffs, I'm going to give him an A minus. Fair enough. And so basically an A minus across the board.
3: Okay. No, I, dude, I, and it's not that I, I, I don't, you know, disagree with you because I, that's a fair assessment. Like I said, the points are tremendous. Only the two penalty minutes, considering as much ice time as he had, is a statement in itself. He plays the game the right way. It's just, I think my B plus comes from the fact that you expect him to show up 110%. You know every game, and the games where he wasn't one hundred ten percent, it it affected the team and high expectations, right? So the high expectations, I think, is where my B plus comes from. But on any other team, any other day, it's an A plus. Yeah, but, I mean, it's like look, it's 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 like going into the playoffs with Derek Jeter and he bats two eighty, right? Great, that's, that's great. I expected three thirty though, so I'm with you. Ninth inning and in you're up with bases loaded, two outs. You're not getting out.
2: But you gotta also remember, he's one of those guys on this team, and how young this team is. That he's still really young, and he's already won Norris.
3: Hundred percent, dude. I, there's not a there's not a defenseman in the league that I would trade him for.
2: Hot take does his does his number get retired?
3: I think if he has a career like his career has been so far with the Rangers, and the Rangers are able to hold on to him for the rest of his career and make him, you know, better than you know Brian Leach, essentially. Not that. Brian Leach did anything wrong, but you know, moved on obviously for money reasons and, and went to the Leafs. But I think if the Rangers can hold on to him for the rest of his career, a hundred percent. I think he's that type of player, you said that type of player. Thinking. So we go to uh, Mr. Chris Kreider 20 games played, 10 goals, six assists, 16 points, uh, minus one, plus minus, and 14 penalty minutes. Um. Crider was another guy that when he wasn't playing up to expectation was an absolute ghost. Um, when he played like the Crider that played the A plus Kreider that played all season long, because he was an A plus 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 player this year for the Rangers in the regular season. Uh, one of the best players in the league, I would say easily top three in the league as far as, you know, uh, an offensive player, for for the regular season, it just – it was glaring how in your face it was when he just wasn't there and playing up to par. Um, With that being said, I think for the playoff run, it's a B. The games he showed up in and the games that they won, he was a factor. The games that they lost, it was like he wasn't even there.
2: Yeah, so with Kreider, it's a tough one because – I can at least give him credit for showing up when he needed to. But a lot of – and a lot of people say that he showed up when we needed him to. These people that are saying that need to realize that a playoff game is a playoff game and we need you to show up every night for a playoff game.
0: There's no excuses.
2: Regular season, the guy was an absolute unit. Stunned. He was feared by every goalie that he faced. Feared. And – the guy has never scored thirty goals in his life, and he scores fifty-two this year. If if you would like, I'm pretty sure every Rangers fan, if they had asked you, Eric, they have told you that Kreider was going to score fifty-two goals this year. Personally, me, I would have said, I love Kreider, but blow it out of your ass. He's not yeah. scoring fifty-two goals this year, and he and he absolutely did that. Um, regular season, I'll give him an A. And the reason I say that is because there were nights that were similar to playoff games that when he wasn't there, it was very visible. And when guys like that don't show up for games, it takes a toll on your team. And the guy that I absolutely want to be the captain next year, the guy that sheds tears for this team, just like like I did, (laughs) I think no one else deserves to be the captain as far as playoffs go. Uh, I'm going to give him a B plus just because, you know, at the end of the day, he was there in elimination games. And if he's not there, it's it's solely based on the fact that if he's not there, we're not winning.
3: Oh, no, 100%. And I think we could say that about a lot of guys on the team. It's just my B rating comes from the fact that if he shows up more and more consistently through the playoffs, the Rangers have a much easier time through the playoffs. And I think we're having a different conversation and getting amped up for – a series against the Avalanche, it was just it, it's he's so good that the inconsistencies are just too much in your face that when he's not showing up, you can tell. <coughs> Excuse me. And, and it got to a point where um he wasn't even getting in front of it. The... <coughs> sorry <coughs> oh dude, bug just like flew right in my freaking throat, I think. Um <laughs> He just wasn't even getting in the crease anymore and getting in Vasilevsky's face. And um, it's not just on him because a lot of the Rangers weren't doing that where Tampa Bay, that was kind of their game plan to get in Igor's face. It's it just, how can you have, I, what did he have? Like 20-something of his goals were redirection tip-in goals and you are not getting that out of, cry out of the crowd sh- of this playoff series. 26. Yeah. Something like that.
1: Yeah, he, he wasn't establishing himself in front of the net like he did during the regular season. Uh, I, I'm going to give him a B. His 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 lack of performance really hurt a lot. Again, we played too many games, and him not performing at at a level commensurate with what what he did during the regular season is what caused that. So he he gets a B for me.
3: All right. We can move on to Artemi Panarin. 20 games played, 6 goals, 10 assists, 16 points, uh, minus 5 plus minus, and 8 penalty minutes. So Panarin... We don't know. We haven't gotten the report officially yet if he was injured or not, if what kind of injury he has. Uh, We're going to find out. It's the right now. It's, 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 you know, the, the, I guess going rumor. It's the one that everybody's thinking of because I mean, his game, the level of his game is completely different in the playoffs. So there's gotta be a reason for it. Uh, I thought maybe it's just he wasn't adjusting to the speed of playoffs and the lack of room to make those plays that he's used to making. But I don't think that's it because they, he was he was struggling to get pucks in the zone. He was struggling to get pucks out of the zone. He was making some really bad passes through the middle where there was absolutely no room to make them. And I understand I've had this conversation with multiple people that that's his bread and butter. He gets those passes through. He He, he threads the needle and creates scoring opportunities because there's always somebody hanging on the other side of the ice. Waiting for that puck and scoring easily on an empty net, unless you're Strom. Um, but it's just those parents those passes were not getting through, especially against the you know, Tampa Bay Lightning. It's if Panarin had more of a Panarin playoff run, I think the Rangers again have an easier time. I think we're having a different conversation right now. And I dude, I, I think I'm being generous with a B minus. If he's playing hurt, I'll give him a B. But I I expect so much more out of Artemi Panarin, and he's so much better than he played in the playoffs. And that minus five is tremendous because it essentially shows you that at times he was more of a detriment to the team than that stud, star, you're not stopping me player. And if there was going to be a player in the Rangers playoff run, that was going to be a carry the puck through the neutral zone, pretty much go coast to coast. It should have been Panarin, and he just couldn't do it. So I, I I'm going with a B minus. That's really
1: generous because I'm going to go with a C minus. Uh, he was below average. An average player would produce somewhat where he did, but he gave away a lot, a lot. He had a hard time handling passes. He had a hard time carrying the puck. Like just just across the blue line, I, I was I was astounded. I was like, "This is the same guy. He's one of our one of our best puck handlers on the team." And it's like he's giving it away every time he gets it. He's either missing a a, a pass to him, mm-hmm. missing on a on a on a on a one timer. And when I say missing, I mean just whiffing, absolutely whiffing on one timers, whiffing I mean, on getting the puck in the zone deep. In my brain, immediately I was like F, and I'm like, Nah, it's it's definitely not an F, but he played the, subpar, and not. I don't, when I say subpar, I don't mean subpar for
3: him. I mean subpar for an average player. The B minus I want to reiterate is because I'm basing it on. I'm assuming he is injured. I mean,
1: if he's injured, then you, you limp or something. Fucking, we all know Lingren was injured, you know, and but but he still played a tremendous game. So I, I'm giving him a C minus. He's lucky I didn't give him a fucking D. That was awful. <laughs> like it was just not good.
2: So, yeah, Panarin's um, another tough one just because the guy scored the quietest 96 points you've ever seen in the in NHL history in my eyes. Because mm-hmm. you watch NHL Network, you watch TSN, no one's talking about him ever.
4: I agree. Ever.
2: And he's one of the reasons that we even got into the playoffs. I mean, I I know everyone doubted us. But we got Artemi Panarin on the, on the roster. Dude, took less money
3: and said, fuck you to the Islanders. I'm not going to that shit organization. I'm coming to the Rangers.
2: Exactly. And regular season, like as you guys know, I'm separating the two. Um, mm-hmm. Regular season, the guy was absolutely phenomenal. Yes. His, his passing, he's, I thought he was the second best passer in the NHL besides Austin Matthews. Because um, I think Austin Matthews is a, is a great passer. Mm-hmm. And I think he's the best in the league. But um, so regular season, I give him an A. Um, playoffs, it's tough because game seven against Pittsburgh, the guy brought us to the promised land.
3: A hundred percent.
2: He brought us there and he showed up. When, he literally showed up when we needed <laughs> it the most.
3: I haven't felt that excitement, that level of excitement. And, and the funny thing is it, it's another Atlantic City trip. The last time I felt that kind of excitement was when the Jets beat the Pats and Tom Brady in the playoffs. What year was that, Nick?
2: 2010. Well, yeah, uh,
1: so. yeah 10. And then they lost to the Colts.
3: Right. March, that, March, March, right? Yep. I was also in Atlantic City in a different Irish pub. And that, I mean, oh my God. And watching the. Fake shitty Pats fans, like, dude, you're you're from the tri-state area, and you're wearing a Pittsburgh jersey, uh, rather a Patriots jersey. Like, what what is wrong with you? Like, oh, walk out in disgust. But I mean, we were down Atlantic City and watching that goal, and watching us get to uh, the next level of playoffs. That 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 is, I mean, one of the all-time, you know, excitement. Like, holy shit, I'm riding on cloud nine and a half moments. But yeah, it's ugh, it if only he had those type of goals throughout the playoffs.
2: DJ, can you read his stats for the playoffs one more time?
3: Yeah, yeah. It's uh obviously twenty games played, um six goals, ten assists, uh sixteen points, and minus five on the uh on the plus minus.
2: So a guy scoring sixteen goals or uh sixteen points and um in twenty games in the regular season, everyone considered pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. So you you put it's just like John Cooper said. Like you take that and you put it in in uh, playoff games. It's tough to do, but I'm going to take that, and I'm going to also take that. You're our fucking Panarin. This Rangers team expects you to do everything on the ice at all times. Yeah. So as far as the playoff go, I'm going to give him. I'm going to be a lot more generous than you guys were. I'm going to give him a B minus. That's what I said. Yeah, <laughs> a B plus across the board for the entire season. OK, just because
3: I, I mean, I think regular season he was an A easily. I
2: mean, I, I, TJ, I think me and you messaged about Panarin more than any other player, because I remember you referred to him having bricks on his hands and gloves.
3: It Dude, it's just some of those passes, especially in it the Pittsburgh like it. series, yeah, it absolutely. just looked like he he just couldn't like, you know, I'm thinking about Gordon Bombay with the eggs on the ice to, you know, receive the pass, you know, cradle it. He just was just yep. – and it was just all the momentum was just ricocheting, almost like it was a tip-in in front of the net, yet he's trying to pick up the puck going through the neutral zone.
2: Yeah, it was a uh, – you know, he didn't show up when we needed to.
3: Yeah, but he's I sure. listen, I, yeah. I still love Panarin. I still have uh, a lot of love for that dude. And, you know, if he is injured, the fact that he didn't let it get to him, I mean, just uh, that alone – being a true hockey player and not making excuses for you know i that, that's an a plus type of player and that's a player i'm proud to have on my team and look forward to seeing for many years to come so but Absolutely. unfortunately in the playoffs it wasn't there and we you know we, we needed to lean on him maybe unfairly and he didn't show up so moving on uh, andrew cop 20 games played 6 goals 8 assists uh, 14, obviously, points and minus two on the uh, plus minus two uh, penalty minutes. Um, Cop, one of those guys we picked up at, at the deadline. Um, For what we got out of him and what we expected him to be and the fact that he played 20 games and he was, I, I would say 14 points makes him a pretty big factor for somebody that wasn't on the team for 80% of the year. I have no problem with uh, what Cop did and how Cop played. A uh, little bit invisible in the Tampa Bay series, but was still in everybody's face. I, I was dying laughing because I remember one scrum. He literally leaned into the dude, and you could read his lips clear as day. It was like, "What the fuck are you gonna do? Nothing, go." And I was like, "Oh God, I love it." So I mean, I'll give him a ble- B plus. I, I think. You know what? Actually, I'm going to change that to an A. I'm going to change that to an A just because if you told me he was going to have 14 points in the playoffs at the start of the playoffs, I would tell you that's tremendous out of the type of player he is and the player we were getting and what we got, you know, for the price I guess we paid, I want to say. I think that was a good effort, so I'm going to give him an A. I concur. I'm not going yeah, to elaborate. Um,
1: you hit the, nail on the head. <laughs>
2: As far as uh, regular season goes, he did, like, these trade deadline guys just blew me away. They really mm-hmm. did. I don't think we've ever seen anything like that as Rangers fans at the no. trade deadline. And
3: I was, I would say, the uh, dude, I, I'm, like, sitting there waiting for – so, with all the moves that they were making and, you know, the fact that we got Barkley Goudreau, I'm like, all right, th- this is shaping up to be, like, a 1994, like, a Glenn Anderson, like, you know, get some playoff experience back there and – just somebody that's been there before. And then these young guys that we picked up for practically nothing, you know, we kind of offloaded off of people and the way they played down the stretch and the fact that they were in every game. I mean, cop played every game of the playoffs, tremendous moves by, by Drury.
2: Yeah. Um, as far as the regular season goes, I'm going to give him an a, but, um, I really didn't think he showed up at all after the Pittsburgh series. I thought he was, like, as far as my eyes go, I thought he was kind of invisible in the Carolina series and absolutely in the Tampa series. So I'm going to give him a B and just a B-plus across the board just because I understand he played every single game and he was probably exhausted out of his mind. And I'm not on the ice, but, you know, you're a hockey player. It's your job. Yep. Someone doesn't show if someone doesn't show up for work, it's, you know, it could hurt you.
3: Yep. It's going to be hell to pay. All right. So we got uh, another guy picked up at the trade deadline, pretty much offloaded uh, from the Florida Panthers. Frank Petrano, 20 games played, five goals, eight assists, 13 points, minus one, and 13 penalty minutes. Uh, dude, I'm giving Petrano an A+. plus. I'm 110% confident in the A+. plus. Because there was never a moment, even in the shitty games, where he let up. He, he skated 110%. He didn't stop. There were spurts where, I mean, he was just flying and making phenomenal plays. But out of the, the type of caliber player that we were picking up, essentially letting uh, Florida unload him to us to clear up cap space for picking up Giroux at the end and trying to go on their run that fizzled out quick. I think that he was a stud pickup, a young player, skated hard the entire time. I I cannot think of a a moment where I was sitting there thinking, dude, Vetrano, what the fuck are you doing? Get involved in the play. Get to the boards first. Get to the puck first. What are you doing? He skated hard, and he gave it everything he got. And I think for the type of player he is, his talent level, I think he exceeded expectations. And I have nothing bad to say about the kid.
2: I'm giving him uh, an
1: A. Yeah, I I give him an A. Uh, I don't I just don't believe in A pluses. There's always <laughs> room for improvement.
2: Except for Igor. I'm giving him A plus right now.
3: Oh, uh, we'll get to Igor.
2: And then uh yeah, Vitrano a A across the board for regular season. Um what did he have he had 13 straight games at a point when he got mm-hmm. here? And then yep maybe cool down a little bit, but I think every player has a cool down period and his cool down period was literally right before the playoffs. And then he stepped right into the playoffs and he was absolute stud scored key goals had key assists. Hey, a hundred percent. All
3: right. Next up, Philip Heedle. 20 games, uh, seven goals, two assists, nine points, uh, Probably minus two. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, four penalty minutes. I- I'm giving Heedle a. Uh, I'm stuck between a B plus and an a. Um, I, a B plus because I'm going to stick with the B plus just because the spurts of that goal scoring ability. I mean, those goals are they're going in against any goalie you want to throw out there. They're going in against, you know, when you're a kid and you had your net set up out in front of your house and you're playing hockey with your friends and nobody wants to be a goalie. So you put that little tape up thing that just has the corners And the little five hole shots, I mean, they were just solid snipe goals. He 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 exceeded expectations at some points, and then other points he just wasn't really there, like a lot of the players on the rest of the team. But I I I can't think of a single moment that he'll really cost us anything in his playoff run. Um, I think he was a B plus player, and, and and I look forward to seeing how he develops again. A young kid with a lot of time left to, you know, get better in the NHL?
2: I'm giving him the same as you, B+. plus. Um, dude was an absolute stud in the playoffs for his, how young he is. Um, he stunk during the regular season, but if you show up in the playoffs, I don't give a fuck about the regular season. I really don't. As long as you show up in the playoffs, I really – it's just like what Greg Kaplan said. Fine. If, if you give me three players in the lineup that will suck during the regular season and we make the playoffs – and then you show up and just light it up. That's completely fine with me. So I'm giving him a B plus just because he's still really young. I'm not going to be too hard on him because he sucked in the regular nope. season. But, you know, I think that's a fair rating.
1: Yeah, I'm going to give him an A because two of those series, we don't make it to the next round without him. Like completely vital. The whole kid line, the whole kid line for me gets a everybody on it. I'd like to see he'll have more, um more assists. You know, be a more well-rounded player. But I'd be damned if he didn't put up some important goals during this. And, and, and with the, some of the least experience on the ice. You
3: know? So, it's mm-hmm. gets an A for me. All right. Moving on to Lafayette. 20 games played. Two goals, seven assists, nine points, minus three, and 11 uh, penalty minutes. Uh, I, I'm giving Laf an A just on pure grit and tenacity. He played like somebody – has been to the playoffs before, and he hasn't. He is so young. He has so much room for improvement. I mean, at the end of that game five, he was right there with Stamkos fucking trading punches. He knew what he had to do. He stepped up. He wasn't afraid of the moment. He embraced the moment. Uh, I I mean, two goals, you could say somebody of Lafreniere's caliber you'd want more out of, and you could say that about anybody. I want more goals out of Ryan Reeves. You know what I mean there's always the the need for more goals but I think Lafreniere played his balls off he played balls to the wall like his hair was on fire I really have nothing to say bad to say about Lafreniere and I think he can only get better so he he's an A player in my book Agreed
2: Yeah uh Lafreniere absolutely love the guy I don't think I, I think um the day he got drafted I was more excited than any Rangers moment ever, besides maybe Game 7 this past year. But uh, I got to give him credit for being such a young kid and basically telling Steven Stamkos, don't fuck with me. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> like Going into the league and facing a guy like that, you got to have a lot of balls. It, it, oh, yeah. Whether he can fight or not. You're, you're going up against most likely a Hall of Famer just because the NHL loves... To, they love to love Steven Stamkos. Yep. Nope. So the fact that he was doing that and just getting chippy for the entire playoffs, and the I want to go back to him only getting 11 minutes of playing time per game. Yeah, he found a way to get 31 points, and he's only 20 years old.
3: He was noticeable out there every That's time was on the ice.
2: A me across the board.
3: Love it, love it. I can't wait to see what this kid develops into because you know he's not done. All right, (laughs) my favorite player on this list, uh, Ryan Strome, 19 games, played uh, two goals, seven assists, nine points, uh, plus minus of even zero and 10 penalty minutes. Um, I'm giving him a C. He's a C and possibly worse. I've never seen more missed opportunities with golden chances in my life. I know there's a lot of Ranger fans that love him. There's even more that absolutely hate him. And if you've ever played pickup hockey, roller hockey in the street with your friends, somebody feeds you the puck when the goalie is not even close to being in the net or able to make a play and you miss the net and do it on a consistent basis, especially in the playoffs, fuck you. Fuck you. And that goal that he missed... With Vasilevsky on the other post, and I mean just threaded to him, and he overskates it. Why are you going anywhere past the crease? It doesn't make sense. There's no reason to go and develop the play behind the net when the puck's going to the net. I, I, I will not be sad if the Rangers do not pick him up in the offseason and moves on. I would rather them spend the money on vitrano So, he gets a C, and I think I'm being generous with the C. I C
4: agree.
3: minus. C minus. I, him missing open nets just broke my
1: heart. I I, just, I, I think I broke a chair wherever I was. I, I think I'm pretty sure I broke that chair. The arm came off because I punched it when he missed that open net. Valid.
2: Valid yeah, anger. Um, I'm giving him a C. I think it's absolutely generous because I know the guy has, um, he's got chemistry with Panarin, and I get that, but even if Panarin tries to make a case for him, the guy played himself out of that. He showed that you, I I don't even know what to say, honestly, because just thinking about that goal just gets me angry. (laughs) Actually, goal, no goal, because it should have been, but the dude, you're a professional hockey player again. And you completely just messed up your job. You were given a job, and when there's an open net on a guy like Andre Vasilevsky, you no one else in the league fucks that up. No one else in the league fucks that up. So I'm nope. giving I'm giving actually, you know what? Fuck it. C minus. Because that that it really pissed me off, and I understand Strom's a great guy, and he's a good hockey player, and I know he is, but
3: can't, there's no excuse to miss that.
2: I hope I hope you fix it with another team because I don't want you back.
3: I'm with you. All right, Keandre Miller, uh, twenty games played, two goals, five assists, seven points, minus five on the uh, plus minus, and uh, ten ten penalty minutes. Um, Miller was. Miller at times played above his level of play. He played very well. He made some plays that he looked like he was beaten and he essentially was beat, but was able to back check and that reach just was able to break up plays. Um, but the amount of times that Miller did get beat and with any of the stretch passes, whether it was uh, the Pittsburgh series and Tampa Bay, it always seemed like it was behind Miller. And whether he was getting caught jumping in on the offensive zone a little too much. It's one of those, how much can you fault him because you want to see something like that from a player with his speed and his ability and the ability to get the puck to the net. Whether, you know, he's not going to be roofing it. He He's not that caliber of player, but he can generate offense just with his speed alone. Um, I, I don't want to kick him too much for the minus five but there were times where he he was beat and beat very badly and a few of those times he made up for it but he put himself in that position a little too much in, in this playoff run i'm going to give him a b plus
1: so i'm going to give him a b plus i like the way he used his length he did get beat sometimes uh but uh, i think i saw more good than bad and ultimately uh, he's yeah. still a very young player and uh i i'll give him a b plus oh yeah um so, uh, the right.
2: He's the only skater that I'm giving an A plus to. Wow, how young he is! Uh, he's an offensive. He's an absolute offensive weapon. And honestly, it's like it's like playing six on five when he's on the ice and he mm-hmm. has the puck and he has a shooting lane. It, like he's one of the only. He's one of the players on the on the ice that when I see him with the puck with the shooting lane, I know he's going to score. The plays he made in the playoffs were defensive. Veteran Hall of Fame plays, so I'm give. He's the only skater that I'm giving an A plus to.
3: Wow, fair enough. Uh, all right, um, our guy Caco Tuesday Kako, 19 games played, two goals, three assists, five, and a plus one on the uh, stat sheet. So only five points, and was still a plus one out of what was that? Uh minus five. Games, uh, minus nineteen five games, and Aaron. So, and and two penalty minutes. So I think Kako's another guy that the future is very bright. I think he's going to be a stud. I think he showed you that in, in spurts this year in the regular season. I think the playoffs, I'm, you know, again, one of those guys where you wanted to see more offensive prowess, you want to see more goals out of him. But I really, there's nothing that I can really say about him in a negative fashion other than, It would have been nice to see him score more goals. And I could say that about anybody else on the ice. I give him an A. And the fact that he wasn't in that lineup in game six is a fucking joke. Now He gets an A for me. Like I said, the kid line gets an A. They all played above their heads.
1: None of them had any business playing as well as they did in the playoffs. Uh, They carried the team, uh, youngest guys on the ice, carrying the team for the first series and a half. And, uh, you know, uh, you can't ask for anything more than that. It, 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 like you said, you could ask for more points, but it, you want more points from everybody. No. Um, I the only thing I would say, like I would like like to see him more uh, decisive with his moves, because sometimes I feel like he does end up in the corners for too long, uh, just juking and jiving, trying to figure out where he's going to go while he's dribbling the puck. Chalk it up to being I, young. I, I'd like to see him a, a little bit more decisive with those moves, but other than that. I love this. I love his game. I love his play. Uh, he gets the puck in deep. Uh, he's always giving like, like all the other young kids on the team, he's Always giving one hundred and ten percent. Kids, a, kids, a player, and he's going to be a player.
2: So I'm keeping Capo short and sweet. Um, I'm giving him an A minus, and the only minus, the only reason for the minus is that he's a super slow skater, and I think everyone can agree on that. He's a pretty slow skater compared to Lafreniere and Heedle. And I'm not saying mm-hmm. he he drags the line down with them because the, again the kid line played above their heads, but that's the only bad thing I have to say about him because everyone can say oh well he only had eight, he only had 18 points he what did he have 18 points this this regular season he was out half the season and he still had 18 yeah. points. he was out half the season and you want to say that Lafreniere had 31 points he was on pace to have 36 points so. Mm-hmm. You know, we haven't – I still haven't – I still don't think we've seen the real Cabo Caco yet.
3: I agree. Moving on to the guy that has the highest plus minus on the team, Ryan Lingren. 17 games played, two goals, three assists, five points, plus eight, ten penalty minutes. This guy gets an A-plus easily from me. Hands down, a fucking difference maker, a force to be reckoned with, somebody that kept getting hurt and just coming right back. Like, dude, uh, Terminator fucking style, just you, you're not keeping me out. You're not hurting me. I repair myself. I'm a fucking cyborg. I don't feel, feel pain right now. And you know that son of a bitch was taking a ice bath probably between periods for the amount of abuse that body took. There is not a damn thing bad I could say about Ryan Lingwen and it's just – Stellar performance, a fucking warrior mentality, a warrior type of playoff run. I, I love that guy. Heart and soul, just grit and spit and gristle in his gut. Just, you're you're not going to fuck with that guy. I, dude, I love him. He is the culmination. He's like the total hockey player. He is like the old school, you know, Eddie Shore, guy of old, slap shot style hockey player. If anybody has anything bad to say about him, you don't know fucking hockey. Love Ronnie Lingard. A-plus. Yeah, I said I don't believe in A-pluses before. There's always something more you could do. I fucking lied because
1: Lindy gets a fucking A-plus. I mean, it was noticeable when he wasn't on the bench. Everybody just seemed deflated. Between just, him dude, and Goodrow, when they
3: weren't playing, everybody just looked like they were dead. Dude, unless and, unless and, they and scored they a goal, everything. I didn't see a smile on that motherfucker's face. He was just in everybody's face just like, I'll kill you. I will kill you. You mean nothing to me.
1: I I, I want to win. A plus. I, I'm not even going to bang the the, the Ryan Lindgren. I don't need to bang the horn the, the drum for him because he he took enough pucks off of his body to bang a billion drums. His body's
3: still rattling.
2: Yeah, uh, you, you know how I said uh, Keandre Miller was uh, the only skater I was giving an A plus to. Again, Nick, like you said, I lied. That dude, Brian Glengren, Jesus Christ. You get an A plus. Even more warrior. than DeAndre Miller because you're just you're you're the ultimate warrior. Literally. And you just he, he was one of the only guys that played with heart every single time he was on the ice during that playoff, and you saw it. It was noticeable.
3: You got everything he had.
2: You literally. He gave every single thing he had and he left it on the ice. Yep. Everything you got. Everything you got. And he scored the only even strength goal against Vasilevsky in four games.
3: Yep, dude, and what a did snipe you, it like, was! You
2: asked for anything more when you got that lineup, and no. they're straight the bed like that. No,
3: dude, I, I just want to give that guy a hug. I'm gonna give him a hug and just thank him, like thank. Warriors going hug people,
2: Ryan dude. Likers, I, no, he deserves
3: can't... a hug. He deserves to come down from that battle. You know what I mean? Like, like like a soldier coming back from Vietnam and everybody's fucking protesting him. You just need that one guy to be like, I don't give a shit if this comes off gay or not. You deserve a fucking hug. Thank you.
2: By the way, Ryan Lindgren, if you're listening, I love the mustache and I love the hair, but get a goddamn mullet. You look like Morgan Wallen and you're a fucking stud. <laughs> love
3: it. Oh, man. All right. Uh, uh, another favorite or another hated depending on who you are in Rangers Twitterverse. Uh, Jacob Truba, 20 games played, one goal, four assists, uh, five total points, even on the plus minus at zero and 25 penalty minutes.
2: How many hits? How many block shots?
3: (sighs) I don't think you can count it at this point. Um, Dude, Truba gets an A for me. Uh, I don't understand the Truba hate at all. I don't get it. How do you not want a defenseman that plays almost, you know, step for step like a Jeff Buka boom, just not going to give you an inch? If you give him the ability to truck you and you put your head down, he's going to make you pay for it every time. And if you want to say it's a dirty hit when he has his hands, elbows, and shoulders down, you're a fucking idiot and you oh, watch yes. ESPN way too much. Um Truba was just a beast at that blue line and – Again, jumped in on plays when he needed to jump in on plays, kept the puck in the zone when he could, uh, and got back and was able to break up plays, you know, going back in the defensive zone. And just, he, he gave it his all. And like I said, when he had a chance to line you up and make you pay the price, he did. And watching Sidney Crosby pay the price was, oh my God. He deserves an award. He deserves a holiday in New York. We should throw just a Ticker Tape Day Parade for Truba and Lingren. Because, oh, my God, like, couldn't be more proud. So, Trooper gets an A in my book. I'll give him an A
1: minus just because of too many penalty minutes. That's the only – everything else you said is spot on. I just – what do you have, 25 minutes in the box? Yep, 25. A lot of time and
3: not The most.
2: So, Nick, I I agree with your A minus. Don't get me wrong. But I'm going to give him an A just because the guy scored 39 points in the regular season. He had 11 goals, which is the same amount as Fox. And no one wants to talk about that. Nope. But, um.
1: No, I'm just talking about the playoffs here.
2: Oh, no, yeah, I know. I get what you're saying. But that's where, like, the minus goes up to an A for me. Um, And playoff-wise, I I mean, I know he took those three penalty minutes, but the presence – he was a presence that we didn't pay for on the ice because we paid for him to be a defenseman and he was still a presence on the ice and i love the fact that the rangers have a player now that everyone else is pissed off about love i it. love it love it i love seeing the hate on twitter about him because not
3: afraid to lay the wood
2: teams, all of those teams that are all those teams that those people root for they wish that they had a player like jacob truba because the penguins yep. don't the hurricanes don't tampa doesn't all you got, all you have, is a baby in headman that bitches about a about a non call when you get hit by Alexi Lafreniere, a twenty year old kid who weighs like one hundred sixty pounds. All I he's an A for me because, again, he scored that insane goal in Pittsburgh, and that that I think that was a series changer. I think if you're talking about series changing goals, that backhand, that beautiful backhand by True, but that's a Norris Trophy defenseman goal. I'm giving him an A
3: beauty all right uh schneider 20 games played uh zero goals three assists three points minus three and six penalty minutes uh i mean for what you expected to get out of schneider he wasn't a detriment but he wasn't somebody that was gonna generate anything amazing uh he was essentially a placeholder he's also a rookie right I mean, the the advantage of having him in there over like a Nemeth, tremendous. But I mean, I I I didn't hate him, but he wasn't a difference maker. I'll give him a B. He 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 did what he had to do for his age, for you know the the situation he stepped into. I, I think he was you know, like I said, didn't didn't hurt us, but didn't do much to you know help the cause. He's a B player. I agree.
2: Yeah, I'm going to give him a, I'm the only reason I'm going to give him a B-plus is because Patrick Nemeth, he's been in the league long enough that he knows what he has to do. And the fact that a rookie took your place and, and basically squashed squash any performance you had, I'm going to give him a B-plus just because he creates offense as a defenseman and he's only a rookie. I, I think he's got a bright future.
3: Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Tyler Mott, 15 games played, two goals, zero assists, uh, two points. Minus one and four penalties in minutes. Uh, Mott was – he was there, but was he there? I, I mean, it, it, it's going to be a very easy C for me.
1: Yeah, I agree. Yeah, not not much impact at all.
2: A lot I, – I got a lot different minds than you guys because I got an A-minus for him because – Wow. <laughs> I, think he, uh, I think he brought our penalty kill to the elite level that we had before the trade deadline. And I thought he ext- – showed up in a great way in the playoffs because he was one of those guys that was just skated with more heart than everyone else in the ice and didn't look defeated. So I'm going to give him an A- minus for what we got him for too.
3: Okay. Uh, Kevin Rooney, 15 games played, zero goals to assist, two points, zero on the uh, plus minus, and 10 penalties uh, in minutes. Rooney is one of those guys where it's I, – I don't think – other than taking uh, being a placeholder, I don't think he was a factor at all in the playoffs.
2: He was a placeholder for Capo fucking Kako.
3: which kind of you know throws a little salt in there for me. But I mean, I'll give him a C plus. He didn't hurt us at all. But I mean, you really didn't get anything out of him to celebrate.
2: I agree. C plus. Yep,
3: same here. He played hard. I'm not going to say he didn't play hard. He did play hard.
2: He did, but but C plus.
3: Yep. Um. Braun, uh, 19 games played, zero goals, one assist, one point, uh, plus minus is zero, and six uh, penalty minutes. Braun, again, didn't hurt us, didn't really help us. He was just out there doing his thing, C+. plus.
1: Yep.
2: I agree. I'm going to give him a C, though, just because he's a veteran defenseman. I thought he could have done more, but, you know, it is what it is, so C.
3: Uh Barkley Goudreau, nine games played, zero goals, one assist, one point, minus one, and six penalty minutes. I'm gonna give Goudreau a B minus. Um, he was injured, clearly still injured. uh, but went out there and played. He had heart. There were times where he was kind of just out there floating around, not really making an impact. But again, a guy that we picked up from uh, you know, was there in the playoffs, was there, won it with Tampa. You want somebody like that? I'm sure in the locker room he was throwing some of his wisdom around. I can only assume. But again, not a guy that hurt us. Could we have gotten more out of him? Yes. But I mean, he essentially had a fractured ankle. So what we got out of him, B minus. I appreciate the
1: effort. He uh he gets a, a B plus from me because of the fractured ankle. I mean, CM Punk has a fractured ankle. He just gave up his belt and he's gone for like two, three months or something like that. <laughs> So I mean, they always talk about wrestlers being tough. I'm pretty sure the Undertaker did that Hell in a Cell match with Mankind with a fractured ankle.
2: He indeed um, did. Favorite wrestler ever.
1: And uh, and Barclay Goudreau. One thing I like, I, I said the same thing about about uh, Lindy was when he wasn't on the ice, it was very noticeable. Like it just uh, no, it seemed like nobody wanted to block shots except for Lingren and and Goudreau. And you know that's that's a big deal. Truba, you know. But that's a big deal to me, especially him sacrificing, uh, you know, his body on top of already being sacrificed somewhat. It's a yeah. big deal. He gets a B-plus for me. A, he just played all heart, all heart. That's – what more can you ask for? Leave yeah,
2: it all
4: I, on the ice.
2: I agree with you, Nick, uh, B-plus, just because he only played the – what did he – he got injured in what, game three? of uh, Or game one of Pittsburgh, actually. Game yeah. one, yeah. Yeah, and the fact that he came back as quick as he did, because, I mean, especially, you know, Nick, if you fracture your ankle in the military, you're not coming back for a while. And the if fact-
1: I fracture my ankle in the military, I'm not. I'm getting my VA disability and going home.
2: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so just an absolute heart of a performance, and he made so much of a difference when he came back with a fractured ankle. So B plus, absolutely. Wait.
1: Before we go, like move on, I just want to say real quick, I was, I thought I dislocated my ankle this weekend. Uh, I was walking into headquarters and my first sergeant was behind me. I turned around to see if he needed anything as he's behind me and I took two steps backwards as I turned and I went to go pivot and turn back around and they made the handicap ramp out of cinder block, not cinder block, out of brick. So when it settled, it did this, like this is the the handicap, right? It did this. So like, if this is the ramp and it goes like that, it it did that now. And my boot clipped the part that was up and my ankle just went sideways. And I thought for a second, there was nothing underneath my shin. I felt like Conor McGregor. And I just thought it was real. I walk into headquarters and I'm limping and my battalion executive officer looks at me. and He's like, Hey, Sergeant, uh, what's with the limp, man? That doesn't look good. And I was like, I just tripped outside. He's like, on what? And I was like, I don't want to say. He's like, on what? I said, on the, the handicap ramp. And the S four goes. So you got handicapped by the handicap <laughs> ramp. He Said yes, I did. It was pretty embarrassing, but uh, I mustered through. I went through my. I went through my. Uh, what would we do? Like a four mile ruck. On a, on a and I was losing feeling in my foot. It was dope. It felt like Goodrow.
2: Awesome.
3: All right, that brings us to Ryan Reeves. 18 games played. I wish it was 20 games played. Uh, Zero points, zero goals, zero assists, minus one, 12 penalty minutes. Uh, Reeves gets a, a B-plus from me. Um, You don't expect him to put points up on the sheet. He's there in the fourth line to be a force to be reckoned with. He's there to keep everybody in line. Apparently, Gallant forgot about that and and sits him in two of possibly the most important games of the Rangers' playoff run. I mean, I think he kept everything fair in every one of those series other than the Game 5 and Game 6 because he wasn't there. He wasn't playing. Him just being on the ice is a a testament to how scary that man is and how even he will keep it and how no one will get out of line because he will hurt somebody. And for a fourth-line player that – you know, a lot of people will just put in the goon category. He's not going to hurt you. No one's scoring when he's out there. He's going to skate hard into the boards to get to the puck. No one's going into the corner if he's going to be the first to the puck. They're staying away from him. And he can hold that puck along the boards and keep the puck and burn time in the offensive zone and keep the puck away from Igor. So, I, dude, I, I got nothing bad to say about Ryan Reeves. I got everything to say about Gallant keeping him out of game five and game six. Uh, I Dude, I, I look forward to next year at Ryan Reeves and, and the effort he's going to bring because he's one of those – he's just a role player, and you're going to get 110% out of that role.
1: A-minus for me for the very same reason. that who Anybody who doesn't like Ryan Reeves needs to go root for a different team. I agree.
2: Uh, A-minus for me just because Ryan Reeves brought something to the Rangers that I don't think they've had even since I've been a fan is culture. Like him reading off the lineup, him doing the Chessy release us, and he even told you told you yesterday about how Chessy releases us was born and he mm-hmm. just started to start screaming it. Yep. So the guy brought culture. Uh, I don't think the Rangers locker room has had that in a very long time. And
3: love, I, it. love I, him.
2: Love him. I think that's gonna be the reason that the Rangers have a couple of rings in the in the next decade. I hope so. If we keep the culture. The Noquid no quit New York lines up. And he, and he also started, how about them Rangers, so.
3: Yep. Absolutely. So, and,
2: and also, he was great on the four check. I don't know if anyone noticed that, but I think he's a great four checker.
3: But he doesn't have the speed, but he has the size and the ability to get in people's faces and put body to body.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh,
3: I think we can all agree, F for Nemeth. F oh, five games played. uh Zero points, zero goals, zero assists, zero points. Uh, minus four and eight penalty minutes. He so yeah, Nemeth F. He gets a
2: he gets a fucking Z for me.
3: <laughs> a
2: Z bring it all the way down. He's oh, in the corner
3: with his guns cap on.
2: Buy him out.
3: <clears throat> yeah, I'd say so. Uh, and then you got uh Hunt playing three games, and then uh, Brodzinski. I, I I'm not going to get into them. We didn't really see enough of them. Um. I mean, not not enough to shit on them. I guess we got what we needed out of them. Uh, Hunt was minus two. Not great, but those are games that the Rangers were losing anyway and didn't really bring the best effort. So I, I really – I can't shit on them. Nothing to really write home about about them, you know, in a positive way. They were there. Appreciate them coming in, and I, I there's nothing really I could give – give either way uh con or uh, pro or con with them. So I don't know if you guys have anything to throw in on either one of those guys.
2: No, I got something to say about Nemeth, though. If, you're, if Rangers organization, if, if anyone's listening, if you have the balls to buy out Hank, buy this guy out. Just saying.
3: I agree. I don't see an upside with him. I, I, I don't see it.
2: No, I don't see it either. The dude is a, he's, he's the definition of a liability
3: in the ice. Got that right. Jesus. I mean, that, that was the roster. We broke it down. Sorry. We went a little long. If you hung in there with us, or you're still listening to us. Yeah, we're on. Obviously we're losing our voices at this point. Um, Empty on the whiskey, but it's our holding on to our last little bit of this uh, playoff run and a great, great season. And even though we didn't make it to the finals or win a cup this year, I think that either way, it, 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 you you cannot ca- classify this year as a loss. You can't ca- classify this year as something that was a disappointment because it wasn't. We're disappointed because we didn't win. Um, I think there's always going to be disappointment there, but I think they exceeded expectations. I think the year that Kreider had was historic. Um, like you said, I think the 96 points with Artemi Panarin was so quiet and was just expected, I think, at, at the type of player he is. Yet, it, it's if anybody else in the league has the type of year he had with those 96 points, you'd see him on every ESPN reel speaking about the NHL. So it's a little disservice to him. But uh, I had a great time this year. I love this team. I enjoyed every moment of it. Not really the losing part. But still, the overall experience of the ride was amazing. I'm still riding high, even though we're not there. We're not in the cup. Uh, I got to meet this guy right here, Dave. Got to share in a tradition of third-period bourbons, which we're going to continue to carry on for many, many years until my liver fails. And, you know, (laughs) I try to pull a Mickey Mantle and get a new liver to burn through. But (laughs) (laughs) nice reference.
2: I really appreciate you guys bringing me on just – I was an absolute no name and I still kind of am, but I appreciate you guys bringing me on. Give me hey, a you're chance. You're not
1: a to- no name with us. Absolutely, Absolutely not.
2: not. I agree with that. Or I appreciate that. Sorry. The, <laughs> the bourbons are hitting me. Um, But I appreciate you guys just bringing me on, especially living in Florida. Shout out to Tampa because you have no fucking hockey culture. <laughs> and I appreciate you guys giving me a chance to talk hockey. And
3: yes, just, thank you for coming on, have, man.
2: Have fun and, 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 Honestly, make my dad happy too with with seeing all this, all all the people doing third period bourbons. Now it's it's absolutely unreal, and I I can't wait to see it. Innovator, more an
3: absolute innovator. Absolutely, I mean you got fucking Einstein in Britannica Book of you know innovators and people that just set the standard for what inventions are, and then your father's right underneath it.
2: <laughs> you, you just you, you He's just be happy to hear that.
3: You just cannot. I mean, especially. There's nothing hits better than a third period bourbon as the Rangers are winning. Oh my god. Well, when they're so winning, good.
2: doesn't that bourbon taste so good?
3: Dude, I'm sitting there swigging on Pappy Van Winkle 23 year. I'm yeah. I'm sipping on a 4 or 5,000 dollar bourbon at that point. It, it, dude, it could be swill out of the bottom of a bucket that's like, "Oh, dude, yeah, I just poured out like three Jack and Cokes. You you want some of that bucket?" If it's a Rangers victory and there's whiskey in there, it's going to be tremendous and I I cannot talk up enough how much fun the third period bourbon experience was. So your, your dad, shout out to your dad. It cannot be downplayed. It, it needs to be that. shouted from the heavens. I think we we got to get the Empire State Building was a, a constant reminder of the roasting that a building can do on Twitter. I think the Empire State Building needs to jump in on third period bourbon. You know, <laughs> light up the top in brown with a little white on top for a nice ice cube. Roll with it, boys, because this was fucking fun.
2: This was fun. The best season I've ever had by far as a Rangers fan.
1: Um, Last not least, uh, I want to wish a happy 247th birthday to the United States Army. Happy birthday, you sexy bitch.
2: Happy birthday, brothers.
1: (laughs) That's all I got from us over here at Scoreboard Addicts Podcast and Third Period Bourbon. We want to thank you for spending this Rangers season with us. We'll catch you again in about two months when we start back up. But, of course, catch us on Wednesdays at uh while we do our regular show uh and look for our buddies over at wrestling addicts as well and we'll see you again real soon
2: and also if you guys ever want to jump in on third period bourbon podcast for the offseason moves just i'll shoot 100%. you this. i'd love to have absolutely you brother
3: absolutely yes That's please like everybody go check problem. out dave third period bourbon check out his podcast check him out on twitter fun interactions all around and if you're not drinking whiskey unless you're wrong. You,
2: you're, wrong. Unless
3: you're on your 12th step
2: And I support
3: you, but other than that, there's no reason not to be jumping on the bandwagon.
1: And for the last time this season.
4: Stay rock.